0: Vocation. They're washing their nets when we find them today in our lesson, getting ready to go out for yet another fishing trip, likely that night. Yet, as we see in our lesson, Jesus changes everything, doesn't he? He changes their plans concerning their vocation. In fact, Jesus gives them a new and different calling, especially as we see to Peter. He gives Peter this calling as now he's inviting him to be a fisher of men. To be a full-time worker in the church. A missionary bringing the good news of salvation to many people. Quite an important job, quite an important role, isn't it? To be a fisher of men. To make disciples of all nations to do this all time when really the question comes to us, is that our vocation? Is that what we as Christians are supposed to be doing every second of every day of our life, evangelizing, doing mission work, working for God and his church full-time, just as Peter was called to do to be a fisher of men. It's good for us to note that this is not the first time that Jesus and Peter meet. In fact, that encounter is recorded for us in another gospel, the Gospel of St. John, the first chapter. It tells us how that took place there right after John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, two of John's disciples then began following Jesus. One of those disciples was Andrew. Andrew was so excited about now finding the Messiah that he goes and he tells his brother Simon, we have found him the Messiah, and he brings Simon to Jesus. They must have had quite an interaction there because Jesus even gives Simon then a new name that... of Peter right then and there on the spot. Very clear that Peter must have come to believe in him and trust in him as his Savior and Messiah. Yet what does Peter do? He goes back to his vocation of fisherman. That's where we find him in our lesson for today. Fulfilling that vocation as fisherman. So it's clear for us that when we are Christians that it is possible for a Christian to be a follower of Christ and yet not have that vocation as a full-time worker in the church, spending every moment of every day evangelizing and doing mission work. In fact, there are other vocations, other callings that God has given to us. What are they? That's really that big question for us today. What is our vocation? What is my vocation? You think about what, the way this question is presented to kids especially in high school or college, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? It's usually the way that that question is put. It's good for us to think about our talents and abilities, our likes and dislikes as we choose what college to go to, what career field to pursue, whatever it might be. Quite often, God can give us, though, vocations that we never would have expected. He can place us in these roles, these positions, though we never chose them for ourselves. Sometimes that calling is a calling, like the one given to Peter, for full-time work in the church. Quite often it's in other things. Whether you know it or not, whether you have a job or a career today or not, each and every one of us really have a vocation, a calling from God. In fact, we probably have many of them. Think of one such category of vocation is concerning family. Think about our own family. What has God called us to do, the roles He has placed us in. Maybe maybe it's as parents or grandparents. Maybe it's as child. Maybe it's as sibling. Maybe it's as aunt and uncle. He has given us that role, those callings, to serve Him faithfully, to train up those children in the way they should go. Maybe as a child, to honor our parents. Maybe as a parent, a grandparent, or aunt and uncle, to encourage the raising of that child that's in our life. Think of another category of vocations, that of our work. What we work at with our our being every day of our lives. It's quite often we maybe think of careers and those paid jobs. Maybe it's something that's not paid. Think about a student. God calls them to work faithfully in that vocation or calling, carry out their work way they should. Maybe a stay-at-home mother who doesn't get paid a penny for what she does, but carries out her work to the glory of God. Think of another category of callings that God has placed us in, and that is concerning our government, our vocation as citizen, that every one of us are called to be faithful citizens, to obey the laws of the land, to honor our government officials, to pay our taxes. Yet another category of calling or vocation concerning our roles in the church, that every one of us are members of the church. God has given us that great commission to make disciples of all nations, He has called us to support that work with our time, our talent, and our treasure as well. See there are many ways that we are called to serve God and His church. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 17 and 8 and 20. However, each person is to live in the situation the Lord assigned to him, the situation he was in when God called him to faith. I give this same command in all the churches. Let each person stay in that calling in which he was called. We see very clearly there is something known as vocation, that each of us have been given a calling, and God encouraged us to stay in those callings and to serve Him faithfully. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus remarks this concerning the judgment. Then the righteous will answer Him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or lacking clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, Amen, I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Jesus makes plain there, as we care for our fellow man, especially fellow Christians, we really are serving God. And that's really what he invites us to do in our callings and our vocations that he has placed us in, to serve our fellow man, and in so doing, we ultimately rend the service of God in thanksgiving for what He has done. During Martin Luther's day, there was many people that thought that the, the true Christians were the monks and the nuns and the people that dedicated their lives 100% to the work of the church. However, that's not the way that Luther saw things. Luther once described a home in which there was a stay-at-home mom. And as she's sitting down, she's nursing her baby in her arm. And at the same time, she is knitting a blanket for her family. She's rocking a cradle with one of her feet, also looking with her eyes on the stove as supper is cooking there, all while she's singing a hymn. To which Luther remarked, here is a saint worthwhile, doing five good works at once, which are superior, far superior, to any work which is practiced in the monasteries. Why did he remark this? Of uh, uh, this stay-at-home mom was doing these such mundane and simple tasks compared to those monks and nuns who had dedicated their lives to the Lord, It's because they had not. She had not taken herself out of the world and away from the very people that God desires us to serve. But she carried out her vocation in service to her fellow man love for her neighbor, just as God has commanded. Was carrying out her vocation to God's glory. As God has called some to work full time in his church, as pastors, teachers, missionaries, and evangelists, he's called many more. To also carry out their vocation, their calling, to serve their fellow man with their jobs and the roles that he has placed them in, and in so doing, also serving the Lord, serving God. Serving God as factory workers, as mailmen, as as landscapers and realtors, as doctors and nurses, as teachers and students, as father and mother, as grandparent, and so many more callings. He invites us to do those things faithfully. So what is your vocation? Don't look too hard. God has already given you plenty of roles and callings in your life. He invites you to serve in those areas faithfully toward him. How do we do that? We certainly get some great examples from Peter in our lesson for today. first example we see from Peter is that Peter is not lazy in his vocation as fisherman. Right? Even though he's been up all night, they've been working so hard, he's probably very tired. We find him cleaning his net, doesn't he? He's getting ready to go out for the next trip not lazy, he's working hard at that location. Because he knows that his family's lives depend on it, providing for them, providing for his family, his mother-in-law who lives with him as well. Providing also for society, the people that also benefit from those fish that he catches. The second thing we see from Peter is that he has his priority straight. When Jesus comes close to the Sea of Galilee, while he is there cleaning his nets, he isn't too busy for Jesus and his word. Jesus calls him, hey, Peter, come over here and take your boat out so I can go preach from that boat to the people that are surrounding me. He doesn't say, no, Jesus, I'm too busy. I'm too busy with all this work that I need to do. It's important that I work hard. No, he recognizes that was the most important thing. The one thing needful, his top priority, to take time away from his work Spend time in God's word. The third thing we see from Peter is that he trusts the Lord to provide. He trusts that the Lord's going to make his work a success, doesn't he? And Jesus tells him to turn his boat and head out onto the lake. Though he knows that they didn't catch any fish the night before, he's probably thinking in his mind, I certainly could use the extra time to go get a few more hours of sleep before we go out again. And what if it isn't a success and I have to go back and clean those nets again? Instead, he trusts. He trusts that God is going to prosper his work. He trusts Jesus and they turn the boat and they head out onto the sea. That takes place. Tremendous miracle. So many fish that the nets begin tearing. So many fish that have call over that other boat to come and help bring that catch in fourth thing we see from Peter is his worship of Jesus too. him. As he recognizes that it wasn't on account of him and his amazing talent as a fisherman, but his success in his work was all dependent on God. That Jesus had performed a tremendous miracle, giving him this bounty, prospering his work in his location, and he bows down in worship to him, doesn't he? God encourages us to do the same thing in our own labors, to give God thanksgiving and worship and praise for so many things. For what? Why do we work hard at our jobs? Why do we offer thanksgiving to God in doing so? Certainly it's because God does prosper our work, most importantly, because of his grace for us. A day in the boat, Peter recognized his own sinfulness, didn't he? Especially in comparison to Jesus who had performed this amazing work of God. In fact, he, he wants Jesus out of his sight because he realizes that he is a sinful man. He realizes his faults and failures. We realize the same, especially in our vocations. So often we've been lazy when it comes to the, the work and the roles that God has given us to do. So often we've just skated by doing the very bare minimum. Not trying to do our work to the best of our ability to the glory of God. We too, like Peter, see our sin. Broken. Yet, what does Jesus say to me? Have no fear. Have no fear. Why? Because Jesus doesn't come to bring His judgment crashing down upon him. Jesus comes to bring His grace. Jesus comes to forgive him His sins. Jesus comes to Point Peter and everyone else to himself that he is the God of their salvation. That he is the one who is about to go to the cross to suffer and die for their sins. To make them truly right with God. To bring them hope and a future. To bring that tremendous message of salvation. That is the true reason for us to be thankful. For us to carry out our vocations thankfully. Because of Christ and everything he has done for our spiritual well-being for making us right with God. Yes, he does call Peter then to now and proclaim that message of salvation to many more, to be a fisher of men. He also has called us in our own vocation to serve our fellow man, and in so doing, serve the Lord, who has done this tremendous thing for us, this tremendous work of salvation in our own hearts, and our own lives, bringing to us forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. Certainly on a day like this, it's quite a good, amazing picture to think about a nice fishing trip out on the lake in midsummers, right? Even better than that is knowing that we do have true and good vocations, purpose in this life. It's been said that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. How true that is find something that you love and passionate about it doesn't really feel like work does it? but if you labor for one that you do love you also will not be working a day in your life because you'll carry out that work in appreciation for the one who has loved you so and that's why we carry out our vocations and our jobs thanksgiving to the one that has shown incredible love to us Paul writes in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 The life I am now living in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's carry out your vocations for the one who loved you and gave himself for you. Know that he has given you incredible purpose and meaning to your life. As nothing beats a good vocation. Amen. Let the congregation of please, rise.